Well, hey everybody, it's Dr. Sasheen. Thanks for tuning in to SYGD, the podcast. Divorce may be messy, but you don't have to be. In this, our second season, join me as I set fires to lies, half-truths, and distortions that come along the way with the divorce journey and inspire you, motivate you to move past them quickly to live your best life. So set your clocks and your calendars and tune in each week. Welcome to season two, The Doctor is In. And that, as they say, is the tea. Thanks for tuning in this week. To get more, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, and coming soon, Patreon, for those who want to subscribe and who want to support this podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me at support at sashinmobley.com. And as always, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment so that we can continue to rise in the rankings. That's it for this week. Take care. See you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Dr. Sasheen. So it's 2.22 in the morning. You're sitting in your room. You're laying next to your spouse. Or you're laying in your own bed and the significant other is no longer there. And you are wide awake. How do I know this? Because I am wide awake, but for a different reason. And you are facing the reality that your relationship is over. You may not have left yet. You may not have filed the paperwork. You may not have articulated it yet, or maybe you have, but you're sitting in on the edge of your bed with your legs hanging over, staring off into the darkness, and you're asking yourself, what do I do now? How did I get into this situation? How is this happening to me? What am I supposed to do next? How do I move forward? How do I separate myself from the pain? How do I move through this? Where do I go from here? Those are the questions that plague you and then your anxiety kicks in and you can't sleep. You can't turn your mind off, mind off, excuse me. And you might feel like your heart starts to race and your pulse picks up and you try to meditate because that's the thing to do these days to quiet the storm that plagues you, but you can't because all you can think about are the years or the weeks or the months that you dedicated to this relationship. And all you can think about if you have kids is what am I gonna tell them? How, how am I gonna make this work? What's gonna happen with us? How does, this, how does this work? What will they think? And all you can think about is I gave the best blank of my life to this relationship. What am I supposed to do with that? What do I do with that? Where do I put that? On this brief episode, we're going to talk about how to use that time when you're wide awake and your mind is racing to give yourself permission to have the talks that you need to have with yourself. So get out your journal, get your pen ready, because I'm going to give you something to help you get through the night. So it's one of those truisms that Everybody gets to a place where they can't sleep in the night. And, you know, when you're having feelings of anxiety or feelings of stress, the first thing that gets disrupted is your sleep pattern. And when you're in the midst of a disillusion of a relationship, whether that's through divorce or simple separation or simply a separation, nothing simple about it, one of the first things that tends to go is sleep. Now, I will say one of the nice things about 
getting to a place on the other side of divorce and sep- or separation is that you probably are going to sleep better a lot quicker than you realize. But we'll get to that later. And the reason that you're not sleeping, the reason that you're wide awake is because you don't know what's coming next. When you devoted your life to someone and all of a sudden you realize you're no longer going to be devoting your life to that person, to that relationship, to the situations that you've now been in, then you start to wonder, what am I going to do with myself? What's going to fill the, the space here, the time that you spend, that you have spent being with someone, being their spouse, being their significant other, your life intertwined with another human being, your identity tied to being a part of a couple with another human being is all of a sudden ending. And you're awake and you're asking yourself, what the hell do I do now? What you do is you begin to write. And this is something that I I counsel everyone that I work with. And even those who don't find themselves to be writers per se, find that the best thing that they can begin to do is put pencil to paper and journal. And here's why. In the dark of the night when there's no one else to distract you, that's when your mind starts to play the record. It starts to roll the tape. It starts to show the movie on the screen of your mind of all of the things that have brought you to this point. All of the the questions that you wondered what the answers were. All of the red flags that you missed. All of the suspicions that you didn't pay attention to. All of the conversations that just felt a little bit off. And all of these things roll and they roll and they roll and they roll. And if you don't find a way to get those things out, then what you find will happen is that you won't sleep. You won't be able to get comfortable enough to actually relax. Because the minute you do, the ticker tape, the, excuse me, the teletype in your head turns on. And it's like this ticking starts to happen in your, in your body because your brain is trying to make sense of all of this information that it, it missed that it's short, it missed. And you start to play the blame game with yourself. You begin to talk to yourself about how you should have seen, how you should have known, how you should have been able to, how you should have been aware. And you should yourself into this dark hole. And in the middle of the night, when you're sitting on the edge of your bed or you're sitting in the dark and you're shooting yourself into this hole, What you're in essence deciding to do is give away your ability to say no. And you've probably been giving away that ability to say no for a really long time now. And now that you're left to your own devices, you can no longer ignore the fact that every time you were saying yes against your best interests, you were saying no to that which would keep you whole, happy, and healthy, and you've got no one to blame. You have no one to to deflect from that. You have no one to distract you from that. And so now you have to face this idea that perhaps saying yes to someone who didn't necessarily deserve your yes meant that you said no to yourself. And if you had maybe said yes to yourself a few more times than you did, then you could have saved yourself 
some of the heartache that you may be experiencing now. Now, I'm not talking about this to get you into guilt, but I am talking about this idea that we come into relationships with, that if we just say yes to enough things, if we just are agreeable to enough things, even if they're not quite what makes us whole, happy, and healthy, you know, because in the spirit of compromise and cooperation, we're going to say yes so that our relationship is, is on even footing. But instead, what we forget is that when, the, when your relationship becomes a series of compromises and you're doing a lot of the compromising, then you're not on equal footing and you're not on, sta- on solid ground and you're not building a stable and steady relationship. You're actually building a power imbalance in your relationship and one day that house of cards is going to fall. And if you're sitting awake at two something in the morning or three something in the morning and your relationship is falling apart, chances are you're replaying a lot of the moments where you thought you should say no, but instead you said yes, and you're beating yourself up over it. And so one of the things that you can begin to do is to write it out. Write out all the things that you wanted to say, but you didn't feel like you could say. Write about the things that you didn't want to do, but that you did anyway, and how that made you feel. Write about the emotions that are running through your head right now, the anger, the guilt, the shame, the self pity, um, but also the joy, the relief, the search for peace through the broken pieces that are here around you. Write about everything that is on your heart at this time in the night. Because in the writing, you will begin to be able to make sense of the things that happened to you. And in the writing, you will be able to get off of your body the weight of not being able to have your own voice. Because one of the things that becomes very apparent when you begin to go through the process of divorce and dissolution is that chances are you haven't been able to speak your peace and speak your truth. And because you have not been able to do that for probably a significant amount of time, you have a lot of things to say that are bottled up inside. And there's this idea, this myth that you've probably carried around, that if you could just keep the peace, if you could say the right thing, if you could be grateful enough, if you could, if you could, if you could, and you put all of the work of a relationship on your shoulders, but none of the reward on your, on your plate. And so journaling out in the middle of the night, all the things that are running through your head gets the weight off your shoulders. It gets the burden off your body to have to carry these things around anymore because there's no one to tell you that what you're saying is wrong. There's no one to censor what you're saying. There's no one to correct your version of events. There's no one to chastise you for not being more grateful that you had this time together. There's no one to throw blame at you for not doing X or Y. There's no one to castigate you for not believing more in the sanctity of whatever it is that you just came out of. There's no one but you. And what happens at two, three, four o'clock in the morning is that you are desperately trying to talk to yourself. You are desperately trying to get yourself to pay attention because you have something to say. And it usually goes something like, I'm tired. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And then you start to hear yourself list all the ways and all the things that you felt and all the ways and all the things and the places where you felt 
and all the circumstances where you wanted to say things, but you felt like you couldn't, they all begin to tumble out. And over the course of hours, days, months, weeks, months, you will begin to find that you don't feel so heavy because you are giving yourself permission to say what you need to say, even if it's only within the confines of your own journal. For too many of you, for too many women, and sometimes men, but for too many women, the mere act of writing their truth in the pages of their own journal is an act of revolution because they don't say what they need to say. They don't say what they have to say. They don't say what brings them wholeness, happiness, and healthiness. They don't say it. And it's so scary to think that they could say it or that someone might read it and actually know, actually know what they're thinking. And they get paralyzed. You get absolutely paralyzed by the idea that if you say it out loud, if you write it down, that somehow you have become the bad person. You have have brought something crashing down. And so the silence and the censoring of your own voice is what wakes you up in the middle of the night because it's the only time that your mind can speak to you where you're not actively trying to shut it down so that you don't feel like you're exposed. That the exposure, the idea of being exposed and, for, and being found out is so scary that so many people would just rather not even take the chance to be exposed. And so they'd rather be in, have a, they'd rather take an Ambien than, than pick up a pen. They'd rather take a sleep aid than face themselves. And so I'm, what I'm telling you is you can take all the Ambien that you want to and you can take the sleep aids, but your brain and your mind and your body and your soul need to talk to you. And they're going to keep needing to talk to you. And so getting your pen out, getting your, get, keeping a pen and a piece of paper or a journal on your bedside. And if you happen to find yourself wide awake at 2.22 in the morning or 3.33 in the morning or 4.44 in the morning, picking up that pen and allowing yourself to write, allowing yourself to breathe through that moment get it out, to get the message out. Because here's the thing. Chances are, in the process of dissolution and divorce, there are a lot of things that you're not going to be able to say. You're going to want to say them, but there are going to be circumstances where it's going to be better to bite your tongue. It's just the truth. And in the process of that, you're going to need some place where the, the thoughts that you have, the things that you need to say can be held safely until you can do something else with them. And journaling is that place of safety. Whether that's a voice journal, because, you know, I, I, I like voice journaling too, or pencil and paper. Everything that you need to say needs to come out, but it can't come out to the person that you need to say it to at the same time. And let me be clear, there will come a time when you may have the opportunity to say all the things that you really want to say to your ex-significant other, but there may come a time there may, or, but that time may never come also. It may never come. That doesn't mean you don't need to say them. And that doesn't mean you don't need to get that weight off your chest. And so by giving yourself permission to talk it out or write it out, then you give yourself a place of safety to come to and say, okay, I'm gonna, I, I can set this here. 
I can set this here and I'm going to set this here. I can do this. And so by allowing yourself a moment when you're awake to just not try to censor yourself, what you do is you open yourself up to the, to the answers that you need for the next steps to come. Because, you know, the path through divorce from, is, is a different path for every person. No one's path, no one's path, period, looks like somebody else's path. You won't go through the same things. You might experience some of the same emotions. You might experience some of the same um, situations, but no one's path through is the same. And that middle of the night wake up call is one of the few con con things that are, um, I want to say continuity because, <laughs> because that's what I'm looking for. It's one of the few things that happens to everybody in the, in the course of, of going through this process of disillusion and divorce. It's one of the few things that happens to everybody. Everybody gets that wake up call in the middle of the night where they're like, I don't know why I'm awake. I don't understand what, why I'm awake. And they don't, you know, they, they can handle it one of two ways. Like I said, you can take an Ambien, you can take some kind of sleep aid, you can roll over and try to go back to sleep, or you can, you can allow your subconscious to speak. You can allow your brain or your spirit to speak. Whether you believe in spirit or not, that's not the point here. The point is, is that you've got something to get off your chest and it's better to get it off your chest so that you can go back to sleep and also so that you can um, move on to the next thing because there's probably a lot of things that you've got to get moving on. There are probably a lot of decisions that you have to make now, a lot of questions that you have to answer, a lot of stuff that you have to do and giving yourself a safe place to go to come back to to work out your own thoughts to say the things that you need to say but you can't say in the moment is one of the best things that you can do for yourself it's also the beginning of recognizing when you need to say yes and when you need to say no i was having a conversation with a client the other day and i was reminding her that the act of saying yes to yourself can sometimes mean that 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 you've said no to something else to someone else and that no actually becomes yes a no to somebody else actually becomes a yes to you and when it and and when you begin to do that it feels so scary and that can keep you up at night the thought that you're gonna say no to something but in saying no to something you're gonna say yes to yourself and this is a powerful thing it is a powerful thing to realize that if I say no to you that means I can say yes to me and that my needs now come first and that my healing now needs to come first and that my love for myself now needs to come first and what it also does it brings to the forefront the very simple feeling of if I love myself enough to say yes to me and no to you I am less likely to find myself in this situation again. I am less likely to find myself in this situation again. So if I can figure out a way to say yes to me, and that means I might have to say no to you, I am going to 
bring myself to a place of love and healing and I'm going to find myself not in this situation that I find myself in right now. That is powerful because what that means is you're not going to marry the same man again. And if you notice, a lot of people simply repeat the mistakes of marriage number one in their next relationship. And that's because they haven't learned how to say no to other people, but they really haven't learned how to say yes to themselves. Yes from a place of self-love is much different than yes from a place of self-doubt. Yes from a place of lack of confidence. Yes from a place of brokenness. Because when you say yes from a place of self-love, then you give yourself permission to put yourself first, which means you are less likely to let someone come along and hurt you or disturb your happiness or take away from you. And when that becomes a place that you stand from, then the no to somebody else becomes the powerful yes to yourself and leads to a much happier existence. And the way to begin to get to that healing, to get to that that place where you have the power, where you feel like you have the power to say no because you're saying yes to you, is to get out those thoughts, those feelings, those emotions that need to come out so that you can process them, figure out how to handle them, and move on to the next thing. And when you process through them, because it's the middle of the night, what else are you going to be doing? When you process through them and you say what you need to say to yourself, then you can forgive yourself. You know, then you can forgive yourself for not saying it to the, to your ex-husband, your ex-wife, because you didn't say it when you, when you could have said it because you didn't love yourself more than you love that other person. Well, now you don't have to do that. Now you don't have to love somebody more than you love yourself. Now you don't have to put yourself second. And so that means that you no longer have to censor what you need to say because you need to say what's best for you and they need to do what is best for them. And if those two things aren't compatible, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's why I said, you might never say all the things that you write in that journal, but you'll say everything that you need to to yourself and you'll give yourself permission to move forward. And by moving forward into the yes for yourself, you give yourself permission to have a better relationship the next time around because you're more likely to stand in your yes, which means you might say no to the second date to the guy that your, your best friend introduced you to because she thinks you'll be great together and he seems pretty great, but he just doesn't seem right for you. And instead of feeling like you've got to say yes to him because he's a nice guy, I'm single, you know, I've been alone for a long time, you can say no, because I need to say yes to myself. And I actually didn't have a great time with that person. We don't have a lot to talk about. I'm not really interested in hanging out with him. So I'm just going to say no to him, which gives me a yes to myself to go do something that makes me happy and fills me up and brings me joy. All right. I wanted to keep this one short and sweet because after all, if you're listening to this and it is the middle of the night, you know what I want you to do is get over there and get your journal. Start talking about the things that are in your heart and say exactly what you need to say. <laughs>